Okay, uh, it's good to be here this morning. It's a privilege to stand before us and to bring God's word to us this morning. Um, before I go ahead, I just want to take a minute to appreciate the church, everyone in church that supported me and my family when we lost my mom last uh, in February and I had to travel for the funeral in March. I got so much support from the church and I'm very, very grateful. God bless you. Thank you. Okay, um, as we commence, Dan said that he wants to see the diversity and everything. So since I came to Jubilee, when, when one is preaching or something, somebody is saying something here, um, I don't see one of the things I see in Nigeria. So in Nigeria, when I'm preaching, somehow, somewhere, I will say, praise the Lord, and people will say, hallelujah. I will say, hallelujah, and people will say, amen. And over here, it's been so quiet. So hopefully this morning, <laughs> hopefully this morning, when I say, praise the Lord, I'm going to hear some loud hallelujahs. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, this morning, we'll be continuing our series on the kingdom. And we'll be looking at the kingdom has been deployed. The kingdom deployed. And our objective this morning is that at the end of this meeting this morning, that our hearts will be stirred up so much that we will give priority to the spread of the kingdom. Our hearts will be stirred that Every day, we would want to see God move through us in our society. That we want to see that our community becomes the way God wants it to be. Hallelujah. That's our target this morning. Amen. Now, if you've been in church long enough, you, will, you must have heard that every believer has an assignment to tell others about Jesus, except if you just gave your life to Christ yesterday. But if you've been in church long enough, if you've been in church long enough, you must have been told that as believers, every one of us has this assignment to tell others about the kingdom, to tell others about the love of God, to tell others about the gospel. And what is the gospel? Gospel is the good news that God loves mankind. God loves me. God loves me. God loves you. And he sent his son to die for us so that we'll be reconciled to him. And why do we need to preach this gospel? The reason is because it is by the preaching of the gospel that men are saved from sins, men are saved from hell, and also the gospel transforms lives. Hallelujah. So we preach the gospel because the gospel saves men from sins. The gospel has the power to save men from sin. It has the power also to transform the lives of people. You know, I've been in, in Jubilee for a while, for a few months, and one of the services I love so much are the baptism services, when people who are about to be baptized come up and they share their testimonies. And I've heard very powerful testimonies of how God transformed the lives of people. And this has been possible because the word, the gospel was preached to these people at one point or the other, and they received it. And it broke addictions. It took away pains. It mended families. It put people on the right track in life. This is the power of the gospel, and this is what we've been called, we've been assigned to give to people. Where we read in Luke chapter 11, verse 2, it says, Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. And he said, pray that this way. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's desire is that our societies, 
Our societies are filled with men and women whose lives have been transformed. Because in heaven, when, when he says that will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, in heaven do we have addicts? Do we have sinners? Do we have people suffering from all kinds of disease and pains? No. So when God says he wants the earth to be as heaven, he wants our society to be as heaven, what he's saying is that he wants our communities, our cities to be filled with men and women whose lives has been transformed by the gospel. That was what Jesus was saying there. He wants our cities, our neighborhoods, our families to be filled with men and women whose lives have been transformed by the gospel. But how will this happen if we don't tell them about the gospel? Our assignment is to present this transforming power to as many as possible. And when we say as many as possible, we really mean many, many. In our society, there are many people that need to hear about Jesus. And this morning, I'm not here to condemn anybody who hasn't preached in, in a while or if you've never won a soul to Christ. As a matter of fact, as I was preparing this, gospel, this sermon this morning, I was feeling guilty because it's been a while, it's really been a while since I preached Jesus to somebody. As a matter of fact, the last time I preached in a church like this was, since, I think, September or August. That was the last time I preached in a church. And to preach what people want to ask, I came to the UK, I've not done that. So I'm not here to condemn it, but I'm here to stir us up because this is a duty for us. It's a duty that we've been called to do. The harvest is plenteous. That is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, where we read. He said the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. And we are the ones he has deployed to take this gospel to our city. Several times we talk about the nations. Yes, it is important that we take the gospel to the nations, but we can't leave our own base open to the enemy. Hallelujah. Uh, Phil is doing a good job, a great job in Malawi. We have several times we support missions outside, but even our own city needs to be transformed by the power of the gospel. And now that we've established the fact that this gospel needs to be preached, that the gospel has the power to change lives, then why is it that a lot of times it looks like we don't, we don't care about it? Why is it that it is not somewhere on the top of our priorities? I mean, if I ask you to pull out your diaries and show me what you've planned to do in the, ne- in the next six months, how many of us have evangelism in our diaries here? <laughs> Hallelujah, Phil has it. <laughs> I know. Why is it that this is not a priority to us? Why is it that most of us, it's it's just something that we hear about once in a while and it's not something that we take to heart every day? One of the reasons is the fact that it's not like we've not heard about this before, but the passion seems to come and go. You know, like Phil preached last Sunday, I'm sure if you were in church last Sunday, I'm sure you must have caught something. You must have been stirred up. But why is it that after a while it seems like it fizzles out? Now, when Jesus was sending the disciples, where we read in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, he sent them in groups. He sent 70, although the King James says 70. The version you read says 72. 
So I don't know which one I'm going to stick to. <laughs> Hallelujah. 70, 72. He sent them, and he sent them in twos. And this brings us to the importance of our fellowship as a church, having a church like this, and having our groups constantly stirred up towards this. Because if you don't emphasize these things, if we don't emphasize these things in church, if we don't emphasize them in our home groups, that passion will gradually go down. And another thing is preparation. One, one, thing, one of the reasons why people do not want to talk about the gospel is, you know, somehow we don't know what to do. We don't know, you know, if I ask you, what do you say to somebody? How do you start a conversation for salvation? Lots of people do not know what to do. And what we'll learn from there is that before Jesus sent out the 70, he didn't just go gather some boys yesterday and send them out today, no. The Bible told us that he called the disciples first of all to himself. They came and stayed with him. They learned his ways. They saw how he preached. They saw how he ministered. And not just seeing how he ministered, they also saw his compassion. They saw the heart he has for the community. And that compassion was transferred to them. That zeal for the kingdom was transferred to them. And they went out. One of the things that we will really need if we are going to be, we're going to fulfill this assignment that we've been deployed to do is that we must as individually and as a church spend time with Jesus. Spend time with him. Spend time in the study of the word. Spend time in prayer. Because it is in doing these things that our hearts are really stirred up. That zeal that is required. Because there needs to be some level of zeal that will make you want to go meet a stranger and talk to him about, you know, some God somewhere. You know, talk to him about some Jesus somewhere. It's not something that you want to do on a normal day. It's not something you want to do on a normal day. What stirs up this is that we spend time individually and as a church studying the word and praying. He stirs up the zeal in us. He gives us the compassion that we need. You can't preach the gospel. We can't reach out without genuine compassion. You know, it's not like you just gather some tracks and you just go to houses, you just put the tracks there just to fulfill all righteousness. No. For you to really reach out, there has to be that compassion. And the disciples that Jesus sent out, they got this by staying with him. They spent time with him, they got zeal. They spent time with him, they got compassion. They spent time with him, they also got boldness. You know, they got boldness to talk. The boldness to preach. They got it staying with Jesus. How do I know? In Acts chapter 4, verse 13. After the disciples preached in Acts chapter 3, and they were arrested by the Pharisees. In verse 13, when the Pharisees listened to Peter and the rest, they said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that this man had been with Jesus. They saw their boldness, and they knew that this sort of boldness could have only come by staying with 
Jesus. So if, if you're here this morning and one of the things that, you really, that really bothers you about talking to people about Jesus is fear or lack of boldness, your solution is staying with Jesus. Hallelujah. Staying with Jesus. That is the solution to that. We stay with Jesus. You know, some people, it, it, might not, it, might, it might not just be lack of boldness. It might be fear of what people will say. You know, in verse 10 of Luke chapter 10, we all read, Jesus, when he was sending them out, he said, I send you as sheep among wolves. Sheep among wolves. What we can denote from there is that he knew that it was going to be a dangerous assignment. He was sending them among people that were going to persecute them. But I want to say this here this morning, that for us in the city of Hall, for us in England, the persecutions that we are likely to face are little, very little compared to what people around the world face and they still go ahead preaching the gospel. I grew up in a city where, you know, we, had, we were attacked several times by insurgents. I grew up in the northeast of Nigeria. That, is where I, that was where I spent the first 25 years of my life. And we were constantly under threats. As a matter of fact, between, November, between October and November of 2014, almost all the churches in town were burnt down. Only about one church was left. Those are, those are kind of places where people still go ahead and preach the gospel. So what's stopping you? What's the kind of persecution you see here that's going to stop you? People die for the gospel. So why, would you want, why wouldn't you want to say, tell somebody about Jesus? You don't want to be called a bigot, a religious bigot. You know, you bigot. Is that why you don't want to say the gospel? You don't want to be called all kind of phobes. You don't want to call a homophobe, a transphobe, or other phobes. Is that why you don't want to talk the gospel? No. People actually lay down their lives for the gospel. And if people will lay down their lives for the gospel, being called names is not enough persecution. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been called to reach out to our communities with the good news because the good news transforms lives. The laws of the government are not adequate to transform lives. They could, they could punish you for doing bad, but those laws by themselves cannot transform lives. What really transforms lives is the gospel. In church here, we've had several testimonies of people whose lives were transformed by the gospel. If you go through the Bible, you see testimonies of people whose lives were transformed by the gospel. I am one person whose life was also transformed by the gospel. Hallelujah. <coughs> Hallelujah. So, how do we go about this assignment? We've been deployed to bring the kingdom. How do we go about it? Simple, just like Jesus told them. Say, go and preach. Tell somebody about it. You know, tell somebody about it. Spend time with him, you get the boldness, you go ahead and tell people about Jesus. One of the things we have to learn to do is that as we step out in the morning, as we do our prayers in the morning, one of the prayers we should add to our list is, Lord, today, 
give me the opportunity to tell somebody about the kingdom. I've learned that whenever I say prayers like that, opportunities will always come. If you pray these prayers, that today, Lord, as I step out, give me opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Those opportunities will come. In fact, whether you pray the prayer or not, the opportunities will come, but the prayer makes you more sensitive to the opportunities when they come. Because the opportunities will always present themselves. But praying such prayers prepares your heart for the assignment that you are going to have to do that day. Pray for opportunities. And also, identify people around you who need the gospel. And I'm not saying you should be judgmental about people around, but we all know that there are people around us who need the gospel, like people you know. They could be colleagues at work, they could be neighbors, they could be classmates, they could be anything, but you know there are people who need the gospel. If you have people who, who you know are addicted to one thing or the other, one negative vice or the other, you know that they need the gospel. If you know people who spend their all every night in the clubs, partying all night, you know they need the gospel. If you know families who that are living that are not living in peace, you know they need the gospel. If you know people around you who are confused about their sexuality, they need the gospel. They need the gospel. You don't go around telling them, you're a sinner, you die, you go to hell. <laughs> That's not what you're sent to do, but present to them the love of God. That love that transforms lives. So identify people around you. You pray for them, and then you seek for opportunities to start up a conversation with them. I mean, you could invite them over for dinner, or invite them for coffee, you know, take them out somewhere and just, as you have your discussions, you lay out what God has put in your heart for them. It's as simple as that. You don't have to be like free, you're going to Malawi. Not everybody will go to Malawi. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've been calling Phil how many times today? Like, this is the third or fourth time. <laughs> Phil has been a good friend, so... Um, identify people that need the gospel around you. Identify them and pray for them and seek for opportunities to speak to them. And one of the easiest ways to start up a conversation that could lead to salvation is to offer to pray for somebody. You know, somebody complains to you about something in his family. Oh, my daughter has been this. Oh, my son has been that. Oh, I feel pain here. Oh, you know. You could have friends at work who would just bring up one complaint or the other. One of the ways to start up a conversation that could lead to salvation is to offer to pray for them. Yes, you offer. Can I pray for you about this? Can we? You know, that could lead to a conversation that will lead to salvation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In verse 9 of Luke chapter 10, where we read, it says, Heal the sick. Tell them the kingdom has come to them. One of the things we've been deployed to do is to heal the sick. You know, um, in church, over the years, I'm sure you must have heard, let's pray for the sick, right? 
you've heard us say the term, let's pray for the sick. Now, it's good to pray for the sick. But praying for the sick without expecting a healing does no good. Because the assignment isn't to pray for the sick. The assignment is to heal the sick. The assignment is to heal the sick. And I'm here this morning to stir our hearts to seek, to see that the power of God flows through us individually and as a church that we'll see more healings taking place in our midst because that is the kingdom. That is the kingdom. I want to read it from the King James Version. It says, And heal the sick that are daring, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Say, when you heal the sick, you tell them that this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. And this is what we've been called to do. That's what we've been called to do. That's what we've been deployed to do. You know, when the, when the soldiers are deployed to war, to a nation, they're giving their rules, right? Rules of engagement. They're giving their assignments. This is our assignment. This is what we've been deployed to do. We've been deployed to identify people in our communities who need the gospel. Identify them. Pray for them. And seek for opportunities to speak to them. Identify. Pray. I believe that as this series we've been discussing on the kingdom, as we begin to wrap this series up, I see that as a church, our hearts are being stirred up to reach out to our communities. Our hearts are being stirred up. And like we heard last Sunday, there's going to be a cost to it. It's not going to be easy. But that is our assignment, to reach out to our community with the gospel. This is our responsibility. Because there is nothing that can change our community like the gospel. That is what has the genuine power to transform lives. We want to see crime go down more in our community. It's the gospel. We want to see transform lives in our community it's the gospel. That's what has been known to have the power to change lives. That's what has been known to have the power to transform lives. It's the gospel. And you and I are being encouraged this morning to pray and to seek for opportunities to tell people about Jesus. Can we rise, please? I want to invite the music team. And our response this morning is that the Lord will give us the ability, the grace, and the willingness to be used of him in this community, in this city. Let us pray in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for reminding us of this assignment that you've given to us. 
to tell people about the kingdom. Because this is what really transforms societies. This is what transforms lives. We receive this word with humility this morning. And we ask that we will not just be hearers of this word. But Lord, we will go ahead and be doers of the word in the name of Jesus. Release your grace upon us this morning. Release your strength upon us this morning. Release your power upon us this morning. Cause healing in our midst this morning. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.